And I just pray today, Holy Spirit, that you help me, um, that you encourage us, that you challenge us where we need to be challenged. And uh, so this morning as we start this series today, I just welcome you, great Holy Ghost. You're our strength, you're our comforter, you're our leader, and you're our God. And we thank you, and everybody said, Amen. So I want to start this series this morning um, reading an important and possibly uh, unquoted verse of Scripture. And this Scripture is very important because it's the last parting message um, of Jesus to his disciples, and it's known as the Great Commission. Everyone say, Great Commission. You can say that this morning. And, you know, I find it very interesting in the readings this week, Ziggy, that uh, in the readings this week, from Monday to Friday, it's all been around the Great Commission. And you know what? I didn't, I didn't intentionally organize it that way. I'm not that smart. Amen? So I think obviously God is about to say something to us and wanting to encourage our lives because we're going to start this morning this series and we're going to start by looking at this scripture that Jesus gives us. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore and make disciples. You know, Jesus never called us to be Christians. Never called us to be Christians. In fact, the word Christian started in the New Testament as a, as a derogatory term. Little Christ, they were called. And when, when they first mentioned Christians, it wasn't used in a positive light, but in a derogative way. And I believe the world has really mucked up um, and messed up what a Christian is meant to stand for and be about. Because if you ask people today across our nation... Pretty much 50% of Australia call themselves Christians. I don't know the stats in the States as well, but you probably talk to everybody over there and they, they all believe that they're Christians. Amen. In fact, uh, Donald Trump said he was a Christian. And now we have Joe Biden that's calling himself a Christian as well. You know, I struggle with that thought for Joe Biden because now at this point in America, what they're doing is they're up in the ante of making abortion as, as, as accessible to as many ladies that would like to access that service. The world's messed up the definition of what a Christian is meant to be. But I want to say today, Jesus never called us to be Christians. Oh, gosh. No, he never called us to be Christians. He called us to be his disciples. And there is a huge difference. A huge difference, a massive difference between uh, the, the world's definition of what a Christian is compared to Jesus' definition of what a disciple is meant to be. So over the month of February, we're starting a, a series called Disciples Are. Disciples Are. And we're going to be looking at what are the hallmark characteristics of a disciple of Jesus. And we're going to be focusing on some qualities like what it means to surrender, what it means to serve, what it means to seek the Word of God, what it means to search for those that are lost, and what it means to be submitted to the Word of God and to the will of God. Amen. And I believe that this journey is going to be so healthy for us, but I believe it's going to be also very challenging for us. And hands up if you're up for it this morning. Amen. So we're going to jump into it this morning because our dream in Shell Harbour Community Church is to see every member of Shell Harbour Community Church discipling someone and being discipled by someone. Hello? 
Our vision is to see everyone in Shell Harbour Community Church discipling someone and being discipled by someone. Seeing every person in this church with their hand on another person, amen. Encouraging, lifting up and exhorting. In fact, I believe that our church in a number of years is going to be known as a church that truly focuses on the Great Commission. Amen. So today we're going to look at one of the qualities of, disciple, of being a disciple, and that is a life that is surrendered to Jesus as Lord. In fact, in Scripture, there's a moment where Jesus turns to his disciples and he asks them a question. And I believe that this question is asked continually today, even in this time, 2,000 years on. Jesus asks the question, he says, who do people say that I am? After their response, Jesus presses further and says, who do you say that I am? You know, it's a tremendously insightful question that Jesus still asks us to this day. Because our answer to this is critical because we live in response to what we believe about Jesus. Who Jesus is to you influences how you live your life. Amen? Amen. Who Jesus is to you influences how you live your life. Who is Jesus? Many people believe that Jesus was a great teacher, and he was. A great prophet, and he was. A social activist, a revolutionary, a, a moral example, and so on. And the truth is, there's some truth in all of those descriptions. But what se separates Jesus, what separates Jesus apart from everyone else, is that he is God. God. You're all quiet this morning. Jesus is God. In fact, look at this scripture here. It says, God made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. God has made him both Lord and Christ. Jesus is both Lord and Christ or Master and Messiah. The word Lord is from the Greek word kyrios, it means owner, master, or ruler. It carries the idea of someone with absolute power and authority exercising ownership rights. If Jesus is God, then surrendering all of our lives to him is not only appropriate, but possibly and totally necessary. Totally necessary that we surrender all of our lives. Because he didn't call us to be a Christian, he called us to be a disciple. And there's a huge difference between the two in culture today. What would it look like a life surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Well, we're going to spend the rest of our time answering that. How should we live? Well, we're going to look at a great text of Scripture in Luke chapter 14. You can um, open your Bible if you have it with this morning or get your phone out, whatever you'd like to do. It'll also be up on the screen. What does it look like a life surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Jesus as Lord, Master. If He is your Lord, He is what? Close. True. He's Master of your life. People love calling Jesus Saviour, and He is. But He's not only the Saviour of our lives, He's also the master of our lives. He's the Lord of our lives. Verse of Scripture. In verse 20, Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it says this. 
It says, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Cannot be a Christian, didn't say that. Cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able to, uh, with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, so, so therefore any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Challenging words? This text is about the cost of discipleship, not the cost of being a Christian, the cost of what it truly means to be a disciple of Jesus, to make him Lord and Master, which he is both, of our lives. So we want to, in this passage, we want to draw out three thoughts that Jesus instructs us in three ways we must live as he is to be Lord and Master of our lives. Amen. And remember, this is only week one of about four or five. Amen. This is going to be the best time ever. Best time ever as we jump into it. So number one, worship. Everyone say worship. The first response to surrender to Jesus as Lord is that he becomes the ultimate love of our lives. Listen to what Jesus said. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Let's dig into that briefly. Jesus here is not saying we must hate our families, but what he's saying that we, is we must love him above all else. We can and should love the good things in our lives, like our spouse, our kids and our families. However... They must not become the ultimate thing in our lives. That place is meant to be reserved for Jesus alone. He is meant to be the ultimate adoration and our focus of worship. He's meant to be number one, priority number one. That's why he said we must hate our, our spouse, our, 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 our... Oh, I'm having a terrible one this morning. You know all those people that he said, but he wasn't saying hate them like I hate you. My wife, no, he wasn't saying that. He was saying that he's meant to be complete priority in our lives. Number one above all if we're to be his disciple. Pastor Bruce reminded us last week when he shared from the great commandment. Remember that? What a great, what a great foundation for this series. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all the mind, all of our mind, that he would be first. And Jesus is saying here, the first thought that we, that we make him, we, 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 we follow him as a disciple, 
is that he becomes number one in our lives, above everything else in our lives. Number two, Jesus brings another thought to us out of this text here, and the word is cost. Jesus uses the illustration of building a war, excuse me, of building warning against making a hasty decision to follow him. And I wonder across the church world whether we've really minimized and watered down what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Come follow Jesus, it won't cost you anything. That's not the gospel that we're aware of here. To follow Jesus means we're on a journey of surrendering all to him at every moment that we get, at every time that we need. You probably won't come back next week, that's all right. You can watch it online. <laughs> I like that laugh. Listen to what Jesus says. Whoever does not bear his cross and come up, that Jesus gives us is surrender. Finally, our lives should be continuously surrendered and obedient to Jesus, renouncing anything that would get in the way of him being first in our lives. Listen to what Jesus said, verse 33. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he or she has cannot be my disciple. <clears throat> A caution here before we conclude this morning we must steer clear of the two opposite errors when it comes to obedience. The first would say, obedience doesn't matter because I'm saved and forgiven. First error. Second error is this, I must obey in order to be saved or stay saved. Both reveal misdirected motives because the gospel shows us obedience to Jesus is this. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. If you love me, Show me by doing what you've told me. If you love me, show it to me by doing what I've told you. Friends, that's surrender there. In other words, it comes back to who or what we ultimately worship. Because we worship Jesus and live in gratitude for his grace in our lives, our heart's desire is to please him by obeying him. Amen? We want to please him by obeying him. We do, do we always get that right? No. But our heart's desire is to keep on loving him by obeying him. And listen to this. It should be up on the screen this morning as we start to conclude today with this couple of thoughts. It says, God is not looking. God is not looking for perfect obedience in our lives. None of us can do that. But he is wanting perfecting obedience in our lives. It's a journey that we're on. Do we always get it right? No. Do we miss it sometimes? Yes. But he's always wanting us to come back to this central point of acknowledging that he is Messiah. He is the master, the Lord of our lives. And nothing except surrender to him qualifies us to be his disciples than that. Jesus is master and Messiah. The only appropriate response to him as such is one of worship and surrender. Amen?
worship and surrender. I don't want to go to jail. But I want to make sure that I please God way before I seem to be pleasing man. Just thinking about it this morning as we can conclude and the friends and family that are home as well. The best version of you and I is the surrendered version of you and I. The most joyful version of you and I is the surrendered version of you and I. The most fulfilled version of you and I is a surrendered version of you and I. I want to finish with this thought this morning. In all honesty, we can chase the wind, we can chase it all, but only He can satisfy. We can think we could have the riches of the world and without him we have nothing. We can have one leg in his kingdom and one leg in the kingdom of the world and not be satisfied. And I believe this year he's calling us to fully surrender. Perfecting obedience. Not perfect in any way, in any shape or any form but a heart that says, Lord, I'm yours. So I just wonder as we conclude today, what is God calling you to surrender to him in this year? Are there things that have gotten in the way that are holding you back from being his disciple? His disciple. Is there a more beautiful word or words than being his disciple? There's not. And I know this. As we enter into rounds of persecution, the thing that will hold us in the best stead that will make us the strongest that we possibly can be is being surrendered to him. At home, why don't you bow your head and here in this house of God, his temple, his house, his home, let's bow our heads, let's pray to him this morning. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to be your disciples. We know that there is a price to pay, but you've paid the ultimate price. 
Lord, today we thank you for your incredible love for us, the plans that you have for us, the joy that we will experience this year as we see you move amongst us, as we see you draw people into the community of faith. Lord, today there are things that we need to surrender to you. Help us to learn perfecting obedience, Lord. Help us to make you Master and Messiah, God and Lord. That's who you are. And so, Lord, today we thank you. We surrender afresh to you. Thank you for your great love, your great grace. We commit this week, this day to you. We pray that you would use us, Lord, as we go about this week, being vessels of your love. We thank you this morning. And everybody said amen and amen.